Welcome back, King of Kings family. We're so happy to have you today. Uh, just grateful that we get to be together in worship and the hearing of the word. I want to welcome all of our members here in Jerusalem and all around Israel who have uh, taken the time to join us tonight. And also just to welcome all of our friends from around the world. Maybe you're watching on our King's Community Live platform, one of our Facebook Live platforms, or maybe even YouTube. We're so grateful you're with us tonight. Listen, don't forget to send us a comment down below and let us know where you're watching from. We love to pray for you. We love to know where all of our friends are connecting with us from all over the world. So welcome tonight. Let's dive into the Word of God together. I'm very excited because tonight we're going to start a brand new series. And the series is entitled Magnetism. So why choose this topic? Well, right now I felt that we needed to make sure that we have our eyes on the big picture. We know what's going on in the world around us, and we understand all of the challenges that we're dealing with right now, whether it's mental, emotional, relational, maybe it's uh, financial, maybe it's vocational. Lots of pressures and challenges, and we're pulled emotionally and spiritually in lots of directions. But I think keeping our eyes on the big picture helps us to get through tough times privately, um, and it also keeps our eyes on the larger view of what God is doing in the world. That's why we've entitled this series Magnetism. And really, more specifically, we're going to look at tonight God's pattern of magnetism uh, together. What I want to do is start off by reminding all of us what the true face of Yeshua is and, and how much God desires to be with us. You know, it can be difficult to grow in our spiritual life until we have the right starting position and I want to make sure we have the right starting position today. So we call this series Magnetism. It's about the magnetism of God. His, uh, we're revealing that He draws us to Himself. Well, we want to understand why. We want to understand how. We want to understand all of the, the effects of what God is doing. So let's go to the beginning of the Scriptures, starting in the book of Genesis from the very beginning, and lay a good foundation for this series. Now, when God created everything in the beginning, He created things good. We know that from the reading, but we sense that in our spirit that God created things good. The creation had a purpose. When God created Adam, He didn't do it by accident. There, there was a plan behind why God created Adam and then later created Eve. There was a plan. There was a purpose. God doesn't do random. God doesn't do accidents. We know this. One of Adam's purposes and his created destiny, which is a phrase we use a lot at King of Kings, was that he was to learn from God and to learn how to govern God's creation. That was his created destiny. Later, Eve comes into the picture and she has to receive her created destiny, join Adam, and together they're going to rule and reign, have dominion over God's creation, giving them a purpose, giving them a created destiny. Now, we know that Adam did not start off already knowing everything he needed to do. He did not have all information when he first was given this calling. He had to grow into his destiny. He had to learn more about God's plan for his life. And I'm, I'm aware that many of us tonight probably feel the same way. We probably feel like our destiny is a process. We, we grow into it. We learn more. We put building blocks together to find God's created destiny and purpose in our life. 
Many of you tonight watching are probably believers in Yeshua already. You might already sense that God is certainly a good creator. He's a good father. He is a good teacher like he was with Adam and Eve. He's a generous giver. And he's not just giving good gifts, but he's also giving meaningful purpose to us as his children. We need to understand why he does this. You see, God is a purposeful God. God exists in the space of a purpose. God is not just floating vaguely doing nothing. He has a purpose. He has a purpose in his, in his own being, and he has a purpose when he created us. And since he exists in the space of purpose and a plan, he also understands that we have a desire, humanity, to live out life with a purpose as well. So this is not foreign to God. This is not an idea he doesn't understand. Back to the beginning, we remember that there was a season when Adam and Eve walked with God every day. They were absorbing his wisdom. They were receiving his teachings. They were moving closer to their created destiny, closer to their purpose. There was a time in their life when they lived without sin. I'm sure that was a phenomenal, fruitful time of growth to follow their destiny without sin blocking the way and slowing them down. But as we know the story, Adam and Eve mistrusted God. They did not put their full trust in God's word. That led them to disobedience. That led them to a life of sin, a broken covenant with God. Now, as we're about to read Genesis chapter 3, which is kind of where the curtain opens for us in this, in this uh, storyline, we remember that this account is directly after they have sinned. The verse we're going to read, Genesis 3, verse 8, happens directly after they've sinned. And they, they're, they're feeling shame. They're feeling guilt in their life. And then this is the account that follows that. And this is crucial to get. Because if we don't understand who God is and what motivates Him, then we don't understand why His plan of redemption and salvation works its way out for us in our life. This is the first domino that has to fall. Let me read it to you, Genesis chapter 3, verse 8, after they've sinned. It says, Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked. And so I hid. And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? Let's notice a couple of things in this opening passage. First, notice that God was walking daily with Adam and Eve in the cool of the day, in the cool of the afternoon. God was physically there. He had physicality. He was moving branches and leaves. They could hear God moving and they don't act like this is a strange thing. Notice it doesn't, uh, it doesn't take Adam and Eve and, or catch them off guard. It doesn't take them by surprise. They're, they're used to God walking with them in the cool of the day. That's why they prepared themselves out of guilt and out of shame. They knew he was coming. This was a pattern of God. They knew he was coming. They took time to hide. They took time to cover themselves because they knew God was on his way. They felt shame they felt the guilt of what they had done. So it doesn't seem unusual. It doesn't catch them by surprise. Now, 
Did you notice God's initial response? How he is magnetically drawn to them. They have just sinned and God doesn't run. They have just broken the only commandment they have. They're feeling the weight of it. And God doesn't go far from them. It's the opposite. Right after they sin, God draws near to them. He's walking toward them. He's calling out their name and saying, where are you? I want to be with you today. So that's the first thing you got to understand in God's nature of magnetism is he is drawn to us, not only when we're good and we're righteous, but especially when we're sinful and we've broken the commandments of God. That's the time God sees it fit to draw near to us and to call out to us. He's not running from us. He's running to us. So let's dive a little bit deeper into God's initial response at sin. Now, we know they've sinned already. God draws near to them. It reminded me of Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. This captures the heart of God. It says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. You see, there's the teacher again. Learn from me. For I am gentle and I'm humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Notice that as soon as they sin, God approaches them and says, You're horrible people? No, that's not what he says. God comes to them gently with a humble heart, and he doesn't even accuse them. He doesn't even point the finger. God's first words are a question. Where are you? I want to be with you. Where are you? Something has gone terribly wrong. They're feeling the burden of sin and broken covenant. They've broken the commandment of God. They're feeling guilt and shame and weight on their shoulders. It's supposed to be light, but they're feeling weight. You see, Yeshua, when he's walking in the garden with them, he not only approaches them directly after their sin with a gentle touch, but Yeshua's response to their admission of shame and guilt and sin is also astounding. He says, where are you? And they say, we've sinned. We, we ate from the apple. We broke your commandment. We hid because we were shame-filled. And right after they say this, Yeshua doesn't even accuse them of any, anything. His second question, after saying, where are you? His second question is, who told you you were naked? You see, the Lord knows we have an enemy. The Lord knows that there's deception coming from the evil one. And rather than to immediately pounce on Adam and Eve with guilt of his own and, and with, with condemnation, God says, I'm trying to draw near to you in your time of great need. You've sinned. You need me. I'm coming to you. I'm magnetically drawn to you. Where are you? They said, we're shame-filled because we've sinned. We're naked. And God says, well, I'm still not accusing you. I'm, I'm asking you, who told you that you were naked? Yet another gentle touch from the Lord. God did not attack them because of their sin. Then the third question appears right after they sin and then right after they give an admission of what they've done. Listen to this. Right then and there, Yeshua gives them a chance to admit the wrong that they've done. His third question is, still no accusation. Where are you? Who told you you were naked? And then the third question, have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? Why is he doing that? Because in his gentleness, he knows that if he opens the, the dialogue for confession of sin and admission of wrong, 
It's going to break the power that Satan has over them. It's going to break the guilt and the shame that's making them hide. God doesn't want that separation of being hidden. He's drawing near with a gentle heart saying, have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you? I'm giving you an opportunity to admit this and get it off of your spirit. So you can see the gentleness of God. You can see him drawing closer to us, even in our time of sin, even in our time of greatest weakness. It's clear that even when we sin, God comes to us. He tells us, be close with me. And he gives us the path back to our created destiny through the work of Messiah. Now, that's what we see in God's pattern, but it's not what we see in man's pattern. I want to spend a few moments talking about what we do as mankind. What are some of the patterns that we have in our time of greatest need? There's a new pattern emerging right now, and we've done a lot of study on this. We've had several personal examples in our family, in our extended friends, community life. There's a certain pattern emerging today in our young adult sector. There's a new term being used, and the term is religious trauma syndrome. Uh, it's, this is now making its way through all the media and social media channels. It's becoming quite a buzzword. It's beginning to gain some traction. And even in the medical fields, there's, there's been some legitimate diagnosis toward this religious trauma syndrome. Well, at the beginning of this diagnosis, it was meant for people who came out of a religious cult or a controlling cult background. And so they did have some extreme trauma. But now it's being watered down. It's being thrown around. It's being used in all kind of scenarios where it doesn't really fit, but I want you to be aware of it because it really displays humanity's pattern as it is different than God's pattern. Now, it's being claimed by many young adults in, in media that when they've decided to no longer follow Yeshua, when they've decided that the kingdom of God is not the way that they wanna follow, they don't submit to Yeshua uh, anymore, they don't submit to him, they're claiming that they've been abused spiritually because they feel bad for living the life on their own terms. They feel guilt for the choices that they've made in their life. And those bad feelings of shame and guilt, just like Adam and Eve had, those, those negative feelings of shame and guilt are causing them not to draw near to God, but they're causing them to blame other people, calling it religious trauma and they don't want to be accountable for their choices. They don't want to look inwardly to say, what have I done and what have, what have I done to break the, the laws of God? But this idea of going into sin, feeling bad about sin, and then rather than to draw magnetically to God who we need, rather the human, the human pattern is instead of drawing near to God, we repel God. We accuse other people. It sounds familiar, right? We were in Genesis chapter 3. I read you verse 8 through 11. Let me read you verse 12. God says, where are you? Who told you you were naked? And did you eat from the tree I commanded you? Giving them a chance to admit and repent. The very next verse says, the man said to God, the woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree and I ate it. You see, that's man's pattern. God's pattern, draw near. Man's pattern, hide yourself, move away from God, and blame other people. Let me give you our first key phrase tonight. When we do not come to the Lord in our time of need, we will often be tempted to blame others for our guilt 
in our shame. I'll repeat it. When we do not come to the Lord in our time of need, we will often be tempted to blame others for our guilt and our shame. That's the human pattern. Now, God is like a giant magnet, constantly putting out a force that draws us to himself. And God is also magnetically drawn to us, always trying to get closer and closer to us. And this is a pattern we see in the scriptures. Remember, we're keeping a big picture tonight as we're, we're walking through difficult times in our life. Yeshua has a clear record of visiting his people throughout the scriptures, both Shah, New Testament, and the, the Tanakh, the, the, the first covenant of God. He showed up in the garden with Adam and Eve. We've covered that. He showed up to visit and discuss his plan and to eat with Abraham. He wrestled with Jacob. He, he visited Joshua as the commander-in-chief. He, he ate with the 70 elders of Israel on Sinai. He visited Samson's parents and gave them the word of the Lord that's coming forth in the birth of Samson, which was a miracle. He showed up with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fire. He showed up in the birth that we just celebrated. For those of you that connect Yeshua's birth with the festival of Sukkot, he showed up in the flesh here in Yeshua on earth. This is God's pattern to be magnetically drawn to us, to be compelled to draw close to us just like in the garden. And it's not just for proximity. And trust me, it's not because God is lonely. God has a huge universe that he's developed with a purpose. And he has a triune nature within himself that he's not lonely. He's not drawn to us because he's lonely or has nothing to do or he's bored. He's drawn to us so that we can have purpose and he can explain our created destiny. Now, you hear me say that a lot and I want to be clear. We have a destiny on earth and we have a destiny in the new heaven, new earth in the age to come. Um, both of these destinies are important and they're multiple layers of the same purpose that God created us for. Let me give you our second key phrase tonight. Destiny exists on multiple levels, but these levels are connected and they are steps in the same direction. What that means is the things we're trying to accomplish on earth, the things that God's purpose is showing and revealing through our life now are connected to our purpose in the age to come. They're not separate. The things he's teaching us, remember it said he's the great teacher. The things he's teaching us now are relevant in the age to come. And they're specifically relevant to our destiny and our purpose and our calling. Remember, friends, we grow into our destiny. We don't start by knowing everything. And God is a, is a God of a pattern that wants to teach. He wants to release vision. He wants to walk with us. He wants to draw near. And yet we as humanity, we have the pattern to run away from God, to hide, and to blame other people. So overall, what is God trying to accomplish? Well, listen, we should answer these big questions. When God is drawing near to us, why? What is he trying to accomplish? And when God draws us near to himself, why? What is he trying to accomplish? Well, I'm going to read a selection from Scripture tonight, and I hope that this wraps it up for you. This is our final verse tonight from Psalm chapter 46, verse 7. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see what the Lord has done. The desolations he has brought to the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. 
He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. He says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Why? Here's the purpose. He comes to us to heal us, to heal our heart, to heal our hurts, to forgive our sins, to clear the way so that we can walk in purpose and have our created destiny revealed in our life now on this level, but also in the age to come. This is the, mag the magnetism, the magnetic pattern of God. He's drawing us to himself for these purposes. But also remember that he is magnetically drawn to us. It is a two-way street. It is a genuine relationship. When you hear someone say, I'm not into religion, I'm into relationship, that's the truth. Because we're magnetically drawn together and we'll never be satisfied in life. We'll never be happy until we receive that purpose from God and we allow ourselves to be drawn to the one who created us. A few closing thoughts. I hope you're getting this in your spirit because these questions, as we answer them, they really answer high-level, universal questions that all of humanity has. What am I doing here? Why am I here? Why do I exist? Why was I created? Tonight, we've answered some very large questions, and I wanted to do that to lay the foundation for our whole team that's going to be helping me preach through the series as you're going to pick up these building blocks in the weeks to come. But I wanted to lay the foundation that we're answering some of the biggest questions in the universe. Why am I here? What am I doing? What is my purpose? God has created us with a great and purposeful destiny now so that we can be prepared for our destiny in the age to come. They are linked even though there are multiple levels. But we only grow into this destiny as we draw near to God. And be really clear that while we are drawing near to God, He is running toward us with everything in His being. He is being magnetically drawn to us because that's what He wants, a relationship above all else. And His own magnetism pulls us and He is drawn to us so that we can all be what we were created to be. I want to bless you with this today. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we just receive it. We receive this is the true face of Yeshua. That which is the good creator, the good father, the, the, the good teacher. But more than that, the, the one we need most when we're hurting the most. The person we need to run to in times of sin and weakness, not hide from. Father, forgive us where we've fallen into the, hum, the human temptation to blame other people and to hide ourselves from you. We want to break that off of ourselves today. We want to allow that magnetism to work to be drawn to you and receive the fact that you're drawn to us. We know that this is the true face, this is the true God, and this is the first domino that starts to fall and build our very theology that God is a good Father. He wants a relationship with us. He created us with purpose and destiny, and then all the other dominoes start to fall. Help us to understand that salvation is an outworking of our purpose. That redemption is an outworking of our purpose. That cleansing from sin, the age to come, eternal life is all an outworking of our created purpose. Thank you, Lord, that you're drawn to us and you love us in this way. In Yeshua's name we pray. Amen. I hope you were blessed by that tonight. I hope you were challenged tonight with that. And I know those of you that are joining us 
in our online community group. I hope you dive in even deeper tonight with our, uh, with our host, Joanna. Uh, enjoy the rest of your, your week, and we're going to close with a time of worship. <laughs>